Hello everyone. This is Pastor Dean Thompson with a word of hope. The Unveiled Christ, part 35. Who will be sealed? Sinless saints or sinful saints? There are various diverse views in existence among Christians as to what it means to be sealed. Some believe that the sealed saints have reached a state of absolute perfection, as Jesus is absolutely perfect. Some believe that the saints can never ever sin again, and that they would have reached a height of spirituality that has never been attained by Christians before. What are your thoughts on this matter? What does the Bible teach on the subject? Job was one declared to be perfect. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. Job 1 verse 1, New International Version. But somehow Job felt the need to repent. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Job 42 verse 6, New International Version. What was Job repenting of? He was repenting of his wrong thoughts about God and God's dealing with him. Hezekiah claimed to have walked before God with a perfect heart, 2 Kings chapter 20, verses 2 through 5. Was he claiming, claiming sinlessness? No, but that he had, he had been maintaining his worship of the one true God without turning to any other gods. King David was described as having served God with a perfect heart. He was also described as a man after God's own heart. Was he sinless? No, not at all. Today, I was reading an article from the site of the Biblical Research Institute of Seventh-day Adventist. And this article was written by Edward Heppenstahl, entitled, How Perfect is Perfect? Or, is Christian perfection possible? This article I endorse wholeheartedly. Let me read a few quotes from it, which I believe may shed some light on our subject today. I quote, There are some Christians who believe that it is possible in this life to reach a point in spiritual development where the sinful nature is completely eradicated and therefore no longer operative. The Bible does teach that the genuine Christian life is one of uniform and, and, and sustained victory over all known sin. The normal Christian experience should, should be one of victory and not constant defeat. End of quote. He continues, There is one truth that every believer needs to learn who would fully enjoy complete salvation in Christ. It is the need to abide in Christ, to look continually to Christ, to depend wholly on Christ and his righteousness. God's method of salvation is not eradication of a sinful nature, but the counteraction of divine power through the Holy Spirit. Only by the continual counteracting presence of the Holy Spirit is it possible to be victorious over sin and the sinful nature within us. End of quote. 
another quote, the Christian life is a lifelong battle. So long as the believer abides in Christ, real holiness and victory are possible. What we have in the everyday life is the counteracting power of God against our sinful tendencies and our sinful natures. End of quote. Another quote. So long as a man is in a state of sin with a sinful nature still present in him, he will confess himself to be a sinner. The Christian always recognizes himself to be a sinner in need of divine grace. End of quote. Listen to 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Here's another quote from Heppenstahl. We find here the most solemn warning against the doctrine of sinless perfection in this life. The incontrovertible meaning of this passage is that the man is a self-deceiver who claims for himself what the Apostle John dared not claim. The truth is not in him. The doctrine of sinless perfection leads to the conclusion that both Christ and the Holy Spirit are unnecessary once this state of eradication of the sinful nature is reached. Wherever the professed Christian claims to have the sinful nature eradicated in his, in his life, there is a corresponding loss of true dependence upon Christ. There is a break in the only saving relationship that man needs for victory. This allows people to sin and call evil good. It discourages those who strive to be like Christ, but fall short of this false idea of perfection. End of quote. Here is another quote. The pretension to sinless perfection at any time in this earthly life is the root of spiritual pride and self-righteousness. The Christian does not deny that the new life in Christ is capable of a, new, of, of a new righteousness, of victory over sin. He only insists that it is not his righteousness, not, not his righteousness, not his victory, but Christ's. End of quote. Heppenstahl continues again. Salvation by grace alone means that absolute perfection and sinlessness cannot be realized here and now. Righteousness by faith means that we look continually and exclusively to, to Christ, that we look away from ourselves and any hope in ourselves altogether in order to live out of him alone. Genuine salvation directs us at once to Christ, to the only perfect life lived here on the earth, and to his redemption through the cross. What is absolutely central is Jesus Christ. Man's victory over sin is exclusively the work of God in Christ, the continual control of the life by the Holy Spirit, that through daily union with Christ, 
we actually participate in Christ's holy life. End of quote. So, my brothers and sisters, if sinless perfection is not a reality in this life, who are the persons who will be sealed? Some of us teach that the overcomers are the ones who will be sealed. But who are the overcomers? Let's hear 1 John 5, verses 4 and 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. According to John, the overcomers are the true believers in Jesus Christ. Those who continue to hold fast their faith in Jesus. Those who are genuine Christians. To be a genuine Christian means having faith in Christ, fellowshipping with Christ, being faithful to Christ, and being fruitful for Christ. Happen stop. The 144,000 who are sealed in Revelation 7 are not a special set of superhumans. They are believers just like you and me. They are genuine Christians holding to their faith in Jesus, trusting in his grace and hoping in his mercy. Here Stefanovich's comments. The main question that Revelation 7 deals with is not regarding who the 144,000 are, but rather what they are. They are not a select group of God's people separated from the larger body and granted special privilege, privileges not available to the rest of God's faithful people. Neil states, they are not the first ones to be, to be sealed. Since we're sealed in Paul's day, they are not the first to be without guile and blameless. They are not the first to be persecuted or to follow the Lamb or to, to be redeemed from the earth or to sing a new song unto the Lord. John's eightfold description of the 144,000 found in Revelation 14, 1-5 indicates that they share a common heritage with the saints of all ages. Stefanovich continues, In this way, the book of Revelation is in agreement with the overall teaching of the New Testament, that in God's kingdom there are no clans, cliques, or ranks. No privileges are available to some and not to others. Revelation 7 does not present the idea that the final generation of God's people would reach a level of holiness never reached before by God's people. In God's plan of salvation, everything is due to the grace of God. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. Ephesians 2 verses 8 and 9. Salvation is the result of what Christ has accomplished on the cross rather than one's own holiness and works. End of quote. He continues, God's criterion for salvation has been the same for all generations. John the Revelator makes clear that God's faithful end-time people are those who have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. It is Christ's victory on the cross 
that has made them victorious. And it is through his protection that they will triumphantly, triumphantly come out from the great tribulation. Revelation 7 verse 14. End of quote. Here Neil's addition to that subject from the book The Sealed Saints and the Tribulation, page 276. The question regarding a state of sinlessness depends upon whether sin is defined as an act or nature. The last living generation of God's people should certainly be free from sinful acts. However, they do not lose their sinful corruptible nature until they put on incorruption at the second advent. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 53. End of quote. And he continues. In the book of Revelation, the saints are always conquering. Marked by the present tense in the Greek, only Christ has conquered. That is the aorist tense. Even during the seven last plagues, the saints are still conquering the beast and its image. Chapter 15, verse 2, that is in the Greek. They still contend with the enemy without and within. Their greatest sin, which they must overcome during the tribulation, is lack of faith. Yet, they are conquering, not being conquered. They are victorious in the struggle with evil. They are perfect in character. They choose only God's will, while they are still conscious of having to overcome their sinful nature. However, they stand sealed and spotless through the merits of the Lamb. End of quote. As God's faithful end-time people are about to pass through the final conflict, they have a firm assurance that God will shelter and comfort them during the time of the Great Tribulation as he protected and comforted his people throughout history. The future might at times look gloomy, yet the, the resurrected Christ is in control. He is the source of strength and hope to the redeemed during their earthly sojourn until he, their Lord and King, comes again and dwells with them forever. Revelation 7 verse 15, end of quote, Stefanovich. Father God, please help us to believe the true gospel of salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Jesus alone, to the glory of God alone, according to the word of God alone. Help us always to see and acknowledge our need of grace. Lord, help us, please help us, to be genuine Christians with our faith anchored in the right place. Amen. God bless you, my brothers and sisters.